0: Welcome to New Covenant Church. You're listening to this week's message with teaching pastor, Daryl Femster. We are so glad you're here this morning. Glad for those of you that are joining us online. Well, happy 5th of July, right? Did you have a good 4th? Stayed home and had fun, right? You know, we are blessed to live in the greatest nation in this world. In fact, as you're looking at things the way things are in our world today, we may be the last bastion of true freedom in our world. And let's just be honest, that freedom is being tested in our day. Not just by wars and things and threats from the outside, but threats from the inside as well. Many people are wondering what's going to happen. Where is the hope of our day? A lot of people are wondering where it's going to be safe. I want to talk to you this morning. I, I really, uh, last Sunday in the worship series that we were doing, or in the set, uh, Psalm 91 was read, and, and the Holy Spirit was all over that. I don't know if y'all were here last week, but, and I could not get away from it, and uh, so when I can't get away from it, you're going to hear about it. So... uh I want to look at two passages in Psalms, Psalms 46.1 first, Psalms 46, and then I want you to turn to Psalms 91. Both of these have to do with the refuge, your refuge. Psalms 46, 1 through 3 says this, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Even though the earth may be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, God is our refuge. There is no thing to fear. God is our refuge and strength. The word refuge means a place where you can go for safety. You know, I grew up in Tornado Alley up in the Panhandle of Texas. And uh, when we first moved, we, well, I was, as far as I can remember, we lived at one place, but there was a time we did not have a storm shelter, and we had to travel to our neighbors a half mile away to go to the storm shelter, place of safety, our refuge. And uh, later on, after. A few years of doing that, my dad and his two sons, we dug what we called a dugout. Y'all know what a dugout is? We dug a dugout, put a roof on it, put a door on it, and we had our own storm shelter. It was our refuge. It was a place of safety. Because the last thing I remembered, the big memory of my childhood growing up was when a tornado was passing over our house I felt grabbed by my arm and pulled into the, my mom and dad's bedroom. And my dad had both hands on the mattress and he was pulling the mattress over my brother and I. After that, we had a dugout. You understand, uh, there's a place of safety. I want you to know there's a place of safety right now, right in the middle of all that's going on. There is a place of safety, a place of refuge. It is the ultimate refuge. It is the ultimate Strength, and that word strength uh, here means source of strength. God is our source of strength. In other words, we can go to God for He is our safety and the source of strength on which we can rely as if it were our own. It is amazing uh, how many times you've read Scripture, I've quoted Scripture. It's easier for me to quote, God is our refuge and our strength and a very present help. When I see very present help, I'm thinking of present tense. Present uh, with me. But that word present in the Hebrew means he's proved himself over and over and over again to be our help. It's not just that he's present though he is. It's not just that he's going to help you this time though he is. It's that he has always been our help and our strength. Even if everything is crashing and falling apart around you, God has proven himself over and over again to help in trouble. Now this psalm was written with the nation of Israel in mind. And it certainly applies to us today. A, a nation, Psalms 33, 12 says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, whose Lord is the God. Or, I, I didn't have that written down. I may have quoted it wrong, but you understand It's blessed to have God as your Lord and Savior, as a nation. And I want you to understand that the source of our strength cannot be in our government. It can't be in our economy. It can't be in our health department. It can't be of anything else that is temporary. The source of our help must be in God. We must turn to God. And I want to share with you because I, I tell you, you know, I thought that this would be over by now, didn't you? And I think sometimes what we tend to do is think there's an easy way out, a quick fix. And I, I just I feel I feel like God just saying, "I'm here, no matter what you're going through. It's time." To turn your face toward God. To find in me your refuge. Well, that was talking about the nation. Well, what about my individual life? Where is my hope? That's where I want you to look at Psalms 91. Psalms 91 is unique kind of in the scripture. Because so many times we read scripture, but we don't study scripture. You understand what I mean? We read it, and we have our own interpretation. We put our definitions on words and things like that. and as I began to study psalms ninety one it it was revealed that there no one knows who the author of this psalm is. Some say David, some say Moses because it follows the Psalm of Moses in Psalm ninety. But the reality is there is no evidence of who wrote this psalm. Nor is there anyone who knows the timing or the circumstances for the writing of it. And so it's anonymous and timeless. Which means that it's all the more accessible for anyone who would receive it. I can tell you who wrote it. A man wrote it by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. In other words, God intended for us to have it. For such a time as this so i was to look at psalm 91 understanding it is anonymous and timeless and it's a timeless truth for us today psalm 91 verse 1 he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty i will say of the lord he is my refuge and my fortress my god in him i will trust I want to share with you three things I think that God provides in this psalm for us. First of all, there's a, that He provides for us a hidden life. Colossians says that in Christ our life is hidden with God in Him, or in Christ. That there is a protection, there is a protected life, and there's a life of satisfaction. And the main thing I want you to hear right now is this hidden life. He who dwells. In the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He who dwells, the word dwells means sits down to rest. He who comes in and abides. It's the secret place of the Most High. It's not just any place, but it's the secret place of the Most High. It's God's place, His presence. For the Old Testament, it would have been the holy place or the holy of holies shall abide, be at home under the shadow of the Almighty. No matter what's going on in your world, what danger may be knocking on your door, or what trouble has announced its intentions, you have a refuge, a fortress, a hidden place of confidence, comfort, and safety. Now we tend to read this, and we just kind of go on, because most of the time we're reading it about us. But I want you to notice something the psalmist did that we don't even take note of. He used four different names of God in these two verses. Four different names of God. God would declare his name, which would declare his character, His about his being. And the first one is most high. In other words, we tend to read about what's in it for us, we've got to realize that this is not just a place of safety, but there is a person in this place. A person, the Most High is Elyon in Hebrew. It emphasizes God's uniqueness and His supremacy above all. He's the sovereign possessor and controller of all things. I know things look like it's getting out of control I want you to understand, it is absolutely under the controlling hand of our sovereign God. Daniel 7.27, Daniel is seeing and has this vision of what the... The kingdoms are going to be, and he comes to the last days, he comes to the last kingdom. And he wrote this in verse 27, he says, Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Now there's a lot of people in our day right now, it just seems like a lot because the news are reporting, but there's a lot of people trying to cancel out our history of America. Well, I got good news, they're not going to cancel out God's history. He is the supreme one, he is the one who overrules and there's going to come a day when every kingdom, every dominion is going to bow the knee and obey the sovereign Lord. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. There's a, it just seems like the world is wanting us to bow the knee to to it, and I want you to know one day the world's going to bow the knee to Jesus, Almighty. You're under the shadow of the Almighty. It's Shaddai. We know it is El Shaddai, the all powerful, all sufficient God who is adequate for every situation. Remember, you're running into this place where the Most High, Almighty is abiding. It's to be in the secret place is to be under the shadow of the all powerful, completely sufficient one who is adequate for every situation. The word shadow implies nearness. Nearness, because to be in somebody's shadow, you're going to be close behind or in the close proximity. My dad stood, stood six foot forward, weighed 250 pounds. And I remember as a little boy, the safest place I knew was right behind daddy with both arms around his leg. That's the picture I get when it says you're in the shadow of the Almighty. You are literally in the safest place in the universe. His shadow. He is that close that you can dwell in the shadow of the Almighty. The Lord, it says, I will say to the Lord, that word is in your Bible is going to be in all caps, L-O-R-D, capital L, capital O-R-D. It's the word Yahweh. It's the name Yahweh. It's the name that God gave, told Moses when Moses says, uh, Who do I tell them sent me? I'm going to, you're telling me to go and set your people free, but who do I tell them? Who are they going to listen to? Why would they listen to me? Who do I tell them? And he says, Tell them I am... King James says, I am that I am. In other words, this is the name of the Lord that the Jews held so holy that they wouldn't even speak it. He was talking about the self-existent one. The covenant maker and keeper. He's the covenant God. He's the one who chose to cut covenant with us through his son Jesus Christ. He's the covenant God who keeps his covenant to a thousand generations he keeps his promises the lord i will say unto the lord here is my refuge and my fortress and then the final one my god in whom i will trust it's elohim this is the same word that says in the beginning god elohim created the heavens and the earth it's the creation god it is the creator the one who speaks things into existence Elohim. Here's something I discovered. Elohim is a plural noun. And in Hebrew, if there's a plural noun, it always refers to three or more. So in the beginning, it's the one that says, let us make man in our own image. Elohim, my God, the one who is not just the supreme one, the sufficient one, the one who is not just the self-existent one. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, He is the Godhead who takes care of me, my God. In Him, I will trust. You may have those in life that let you down. There may be places or circumstances that disappoint you. But the Lord is telling us He is reliable in all His ways that He will never fail you in any circumstance. You can put your hope and trust in the exalted, eternal, omnipotent, self-existent God of heaven in all of His power. He's a safe place. He who abides. He who dwells. Not only have we have a hidden life, but we have a protected life. Look at verse three. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler, the traps, and from the press, perilous pestilence, COVID nineteen. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. The covering you with feathers. You remember when Jesus said, "I wish I could uh, was like a I wish I could draw you into myself like a mother hen would." would draw you her chicks, but you would not have none of me, he tells to Jerusalem. This is talking about the tenderness of God's love and protection. But then he says, His truth shall be your shield and buckler. He, his, his tenderness in inviting you to come into his shelter and his truth, which is, is tough as steel, it'll never change. It'll protect you. Both are who he is and what he's giving you. It's a protection. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Now you notice that I marked and underlined uh, a, ver- a word here in every one of these verses. And it was you. Because the most striking feature of this section and the next one following it is the use of the singular you throughout. Y'all have heard me talk about in the New Testament where it talks about y'all. You all. It's the plural. This psalm is a singular. In other words, it is declaring that this is for you, the individual. This is personally for you. It is to you. He shall deliver you individually. He shall cover you. He shall uh you shall not be afraid. A thousand may fall by your side, 10,000 by your right hand, but it will not come near you, the individual. In other words, these truths are for each person individually who will truly trust or abide in God. It's not talking about what God's going to do for America. He's talking about what I'm going to do for you you and to be sure you're getting all of it he's he repeats it verse 9 because you have made the lord who is my refuge even the most high your dwelling place no evil shall befall you nor shall any plague come near your dwelling for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways in their hands they will bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. Again, the first was the reality of the threats that are coming. All the terror by night, those things, the traps, the trap, the things that you can't see. The, even if things are coming in the daytime. That the, the But verses 9 through 13 are talking about the dangers, the real dangers. And he's saying, I'm going to protect you from both. Now, listen to me because you've got to take all scripture together. This isn't saying you won't have trouble in your world in this world. In fact, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. It's not saying that you won't hurt that won't lie, that life won't be tough. It's not saying that. what this psalmist is saying to you is there is a place that when you're hurting, that when that life gets tough, when you're in trouble, when these things are threatening you, there's a place that you have that is absolutely safe and secure for you, individually. The issue the psalmist is dealing with here is where do you go when trouble comes? When circumstances threaten, when news is bleak, where do you turn? What do you seek? Some of us just have a gift of whining, right? I'm just going to gripe about it. Let me ask you a question How many things has your whining changed? where do you go to get safe get established get your feet settled get your balance back to what all of life is talking about what is it going what's where do you where do you turn for help where do you really depend upon who do you really depend upon is the most high let's just be honest with ourselves is god our safe place or is he our emergency is he your deliverer your protector is he the hidden place that you can back up into where you know his peace and safety or is he just another alternative on your list which you're worriedly trying to walk through This psalm is not saying it won't hurt, but what it's saying is you it will not ultimately harm you. I remember when all this COVID-19 and we stopped having services and, and then when we first got, got back to, to having it and people were saying, you know, I just hope this, and I hope that. And I, had, and I think it was Steve Baxter that said to me as we were walking out one day, and he says, what are you going to threaten me with, heaven? You do realize... When God says nothing will harm you, He's saying nothing will ultimately cancel my plans for you. You do know you're going to live as long as God intends for you to do for His purposes and His plans because He's the Sovereign Lord. I'm going to make a statement. I want you to hear me. God's means of protecting you is greater than Satan's means of opposition towards you. God's ability and means and ways to protect you is greater than the demonic that can come against you. No weapon formed against you can prosper when you are trusting and are at home in the Most High. No evil shall befall you. And then it says this, For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. That's the same word that Satan used in Matthew 4 in the tempting of Jesus, telling him to cast yourself, jump down, jump down, cast yourself off. You know that the, the angels will protect you lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said you ought to tempt the Lord. But he's quoting a scripture here that had nothing to do with the way he was using it with Jesus. Here's the truth. That God has given his angels charge over you individually to keep you in all your ways. The word charge here doesn't mean that he hopes they'll just help you out. It's to give a strict command. That God has given his angels strict command to protect and guard and attend you attend to you in all of your journeys. It's going to surprise some of us of some of the things that God has protected us from the I've, I've scared some angels. have you in your choices? How many of you know that you're probably going to know a lot of things you didn't even realize were going on that God protected you of? He gave His angels strict charge in all of your journeys. So some of you need to quit tempting them. As a teenager, angels had to hold on to my car. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? You think about how much God really values you. God has given strict command for your protection and your guarding and for your journey. Listen to the last... A satisfied laugh. Verse 14. Here's the thing about you You just read it. You don't see it really. But all of a sudden, verse 14, the one who's speaking changes. It's not the psalmist. It's God himself. God starts to speak and answer the psalmist. Look what he says. Because he has set his love upon me. Therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high. Because he has known my name. He shall call upon me. And I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him. And show him my salvation. Because he has set his love upon me. That word set his love. Is one word in Hebrew. And it talks about one who. Grabs hold and clings and desires and trust stays with me. In other words, it's not that I'm feeling love. I've made a choice to hold on to God no matter what things look like. I've made a choice that God is going to be the center and the circumference of my life. He's the one I'm going, He's my go to. He's my strength. He's my life. Because He set His love upon me. Because He's clinging, committing Himself only to me as His only hope and my place of safety. Listen to what God says. I will. And you see him marked. I will. I will. I will. I will. I will. Six times God says He's going to do something. You don't earn it. You get it because... You're holding on to Him, and He's gonna do something. He's gonna deliver you. That word means He's gonna carry you away to a safe place. I will set Him on high with the Most High. It means that word on high means that it's gonna be in an inaccessible place. The devil can't reach you where He's taking you. I will answer Him when you call upon Him. I'm gonna respond to you. I will be with Him in trouble, in every adversity, in every distress. And then it's another different word for deliver. I will deliver and honor. The word here the second time is I will equip and strengthen and honor Him. And the word honor is kabod, which means glory. He's going to make us glorious. I will make you brilliant. With long life I will satisfy, that means totally sustain you with everything you need, and show him my salvation. And this is my favorite word. I will show him my salvation. And the word salvation is Yeshua. Yeshua is the Hebrew name of Jesus. I will show him my Jesus. You know the safest place in this universe is right in the middle of your enemies when He's showing you Yeshua. He, Jesus, is your life, your salvation, your deliverance, your high tower, your inaccessible point. He And he alone. Psalms 91. Is talking to one who makes his home. His habitation. His dwelling place. In the presence of God. And that's the only one that really has the promises. You do realize that right? You can wish God would help you. You can pray God would help you. Or you can trust God and step into His presence and it be about you and Him, not about them. Place of habitation. You know, a lot of us in prayer have visitation, we visit God when we pray. God wants you to have habitation. Prayer is a natural result of communication because of relationship. Would you choose to turn to him to trust him to find your place in him, or is he just one of a list? God has provided more than just heaven when you die, folks. Don't you listen to me? Most people think, well, I trusted God to save me and I'm going to heaven when I die. I want you to know Psalms 91 is not for heaven, it's for here. He's available to us today, right in the middle of your circumstances. And you can commit yourself to God who has promised. And let me just turn it into a New Testament and Old Testament statement. A New Testament statement, Hebrews thirteen five and 6, was a quotation of Deuteronomy 6. It says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's how we said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I want to show it to you from the Amplified. For God Himself has said, I will not in any way fail you nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down, or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. I think he's not. These are in the Greek words that I'll never leave you nor forsake you. All of that is the, over the abundance of his willingness to be there. So, we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? We need to turn our attention from the news of the world to the promises of God. We have got to get our ear off of what's being said loudly and realize there's one that I can talk to that is the sovereign king over everything. And I trust him. I pray in the name of Jesus that COVID-19 would be eradicated from the shores of America. But the real threat is not a disease because God has promised us. The real threat is for us not to believe and trust God. The thing I feared has come upon me. What you focus on. You gravitate toward. I will focus on God. I will gravitate toward his safety. And promises. Rather than the world's suspicions. And threats. I tried to find out a lot of illustrations. And different things that, that were told. And. But personally, in September and October of 2018, this became real to me. I'd had a biopsy, a routine thing, I'd, and uh, I'd gotten septic. The septic went through my system. And uh, I didn't realize how dangerous it was. The doctor said, this is very serious. And all of a sudden you realize, I could die from this. And so... What I realized is that I could only trust God. So I told him, God, I commit this to you because I don't, I don't have a clue what it is. don't have a clue what it means. Connie and I had some very stark conversations. And it wasn't just a quick thing. It went from that to a fibula, heart of a fib, and all of those kind of things. But here's what I want to tell you. From the time when I said God, I give it to you, I had just an incredible peace. Now, I didn't want to hurt, and I didn't want Connie to hurt, and I didn't want. But let me tell you, I just realized it's okay. I'm okay. I know who I have believed in, and I'm not telling you it was an easy answer. It wasn't an easy fix or an easy answer. But what I had was a peace. It goes beyond what I could explain, and all I, I could say, "Well, I'm in perfect." That's not even the issue. The issue is not where I'm at. Today. The issues. I'm still in the same place. I'm trusting God. What I want to invite you to do is to recognize. You may Life may be throwing you all roses right now or it, all hell may be breaking loose in your life. There's the same place. There's a place of safety. And His name is Jesus. He's the Most High. He's the Almighty. He is our Yahweh. He is our God. Elohim. And He's at work. And He's available to us. Do you trust Him? See, the question is, who do you turn to when the trouble comes? My suggestion and the only safe place in the universe is to turn to the Lord. It's not about economy. It's not about health issues. It's, it's about lordship in relationship with the promises that he's given us. Choose to trust him. Father, we come before You right now knowing while fear knocks on our door, threat from right and left, dangers that are real possibilities, economies, all these things threaten and we hear it. God, we run into You and sit down to rest under the shadow of the Almighty in the refuge of the Most High and we are safe we trust you we invite you to make yourself known to us because we pray it not in our name nor according to our works but according to your Son who is himself our righteousness, and it's his, his name that we beseech you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message.